been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. Welcome to the world-famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. And it's that time of the year. School's, School's out. out. Kids are out of school or getting out. Some of the kids go pretty much through the end. Oh, of they've the got those kids going all the way through summer now. Yeah, they staggered all the schedules, I think, so that kids couldn't destroy things as much on spring break as they used to. <laughs> as we go over the summer. I love Alice. He's a good Calvinist. Apparently, he's a a preacher's kid. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens. All you PKs out there, here's your role model. Find yourself a big boa constrictor. Grab mom's makeup. I guess you can, uh, well, I don't know if he still goes or not, but you used to be able to see him at uh, Ligonier conferences, R.C. Sproul. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. I guess he showed up to some of those. I don't know if he still goes. He's a little bit, I mean, he's in that same camp as sort of Ted Nugent, as sort of the the right-wing conservative ex-rock and roller. Yeah, but. And and people, like, don't get it. They don't see, they don't kind of see what's going on there. Cooper's, I I guess he's like a good family man. So is Nugent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one who blows me away is uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. The guy doesn't, he's never been a big drinker. Just an average or, guy going to work. Yeah. You know, yeah. Good good Jewish mama's boy. <laughs> and uh, the only thing that's weird about him is he refuses to get married. He's got his long-term girlfriend and kids and everything. Yeah, well. Otherwise, they function like a normal family, I guess, for the most part. But anyway, if you want to call the... Manly Doctor Skype line six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen. Manly Doctors thirteen. We we had a glut of calls for a while. A and glut. That means three. I think yeah. everybody lost the phone number. The board was just smoking with activity. Manly Doctors thirteen. Manly. I probably use, shouldn't use the term smoking with activity in in the same sentence there. I saw Alice live, Chicago Stadium, with my high school girlfriend. You know, being from Chicago and all, you remind me a lot of Wayne's World. Wayne's There's World. Yeah. Party on. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we are a lot like Wayne and Garth, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess. I did, I did spend a lot of time in the basement. 
<laughs> I, I do I do relate to those guys actually. I I played a lot of air guitar in the basement. So yeah. that's you know, it's the only place where you could turn the stereo up really loud because you know, if you did it upstairs, uh, parents would just throw you out of the house. But uh, Well, growing up in Southern California, we didn't have You don't basements. have basements. Basements are so cool. To oh, this yeah. to this day, I have to have the ambient temperature around 65 degrees at all times in order to be able to sleep. And a little bit of mustiness. A little mustiness house, and, yeah. and, you know, the occasional millipede crawling across your forehead. <laughs> but I, I liked, I really enjoyed, uh, my, my brother and I had, like, separate rooms uh-huh. in a semi-finished basement. And it was it was very, very cool. Well, I, I'll tell you, basements are great also because you have instant storage. Yep. Which we don't have a lot of. Here. Oh, it doubles your square footage right oh, yeah, there. yeah, it does. You have really all, your, does. You, all your, your critical infrastructure is overhead it's kind of like a just a, a right. big, big crawl space you yeah because so all the plumbing is up over your head uh the drain pipes and everything the the electrical it's all it's all there it's all accessible now you really score if you get a walkout basement that's i mean that's oh, what, what, now what's that is that that's where we, the back is exposed so you basically have a two-story house but one story oh, you, but the you, front half you, is in the yeah, dirt pretty much you have to be on a, a, a terrace yeah, or a hillside incline, or yeah. yeah we were flat yeah. as a pancake yeah Chicago. my house in missouri uh my second house in missouri i i had a walkout basement it was it was sweet mm-hmm. really nice i like I, I like basements a lot plus and they, they also doubled as storm shelters when the tornadoes ripped right, through right, so that yeah. was that was good yeah although back when i was growing up tornadoes didn't come near cities now tornadoes flatten whole cities sometimes my uh, house in afton the, the basement would also double as a swimming pool yeah the, the flooded nice. basement yeah. was always very popular uh, we well ours had a chronic Invite the kids from the neighborhood over and go swimming in the basement <laughs> ours had know? a chronic foundation leak right um in fact i i spent the better part of summer vacation one one summer digging out the outside to uh, to attempt to uh, treat this leak uh when my dad was trying to backfill it with gravel and one, all that. Yeah, the whole yeah. the whole thing finally moisture barrier years moisture yep, barrier. yep yep years years later years after i i moved out of the house uh dad finally called in professionals see my, my dad's big do-it-yourselfer yeah which means the do-it-yourself is, an, is another way of saying do it wrong for three times then hire somebody to do it right so <laughs> that was my dad yeah so he, he you know my dad my dad was skilled he had good good diy skills but there's certain things that need to be contracted out yes injecting epoxy into foundation cracks that's one of them <laughs> and uh and apparently this guy was like a miracle worker he he came in uh you know went in from the inside and the outside so he mm. dug the outside took off the sheetrock and all that on the on the inside and then uh, uh widened the crack as, as my dad oh, described had to it, dig it out a little bit. Yeah, well, he, you know, what it's appeared kind of like a cavity. You got to drill it out. That's exactly right. Yeah. What, what appeared to be a small crack on the surface was like the Grand Canyon on, on the inside. So he chiseled uh-huh. out a lot of loose mortar and stuff, and then uh, shot in this this uh, this this epoxy that expanded mm-hmm. on curing. You know, it's the kind of stuff they pump in from the truck sure. in two parts, hazmat, nice. the whole deal. You know, and and. Uh, it, it worked. No, no one's allowed in the house for three days. Oh, they, they, everything is dead in the basement. You know, <laughs> those millipedes didn't stand a chance. I mean, they were no, but it, it's some kind of some kind of expanding epoxy. But but uh, worked out worked out well. So, how's your summer shaping up? We have a luau coming so, up. Summer shaping up fine. We the, got the the, the birthday luau, luau. Is coming up. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and I think we've, we've sworn not to do a luau edition. No, no. Those are, As those your are wife Paula said, well that stunned. one really sucked. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> he, he, he got that. <laughs> plus, plus, everybody's loaded. Plus, the matter is, Swirly gets cranky because I do. microphones turn up missing. And, no. and then there's there's all this mayhem. No. And then, you know, no. I start drinking the Mai Tais to yeah, deal well, with your crankiness. And, yeah, and, and you then, get lazy. Yeah, lazy. I'm catering the party. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, but it's your idea to do those damn things. I, but here's the thing. Here, it's it's not the microphones. It's not even the equipment. It's the it's the introvert thing. I'm at a party. Uh, yeah, lots see, of people. This it. is just my, agitated. My energy is going down by the second. We need some some. Uh, we need some Xanax or something just to chill you a little bit. Oh, the, the Blue Hawaiians do quite nicely. Or all irritated. And, or or my favorite Mexican Don Julio. Yes. <laughs> the one that I can't stand. You don't like oh you don't like tequila. I can't drink tequila. Oh. I'm allergic to it. It'll kill me. I don't doubt yeah, no, I mean there's 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 some massive like organic funkiness in tequila. You know, I mean that's that's cactus juice. It's a Maybe gobby. it's the worm. I don't know. I don't know what the worm the worm is you know, I've heard rumors. I've only seen the worm once. But not not in a refined tequila I, like Don Don Julio or uh, Paula went Patron to a tequila or, workshop. And oh, really? Yeah, really? at Tiki Oasis last year. And uh, they had a rum workshop. Speaking of, are, are we going to go see Don Tiki? Yes, we are. We, Christmas oh, extravaganza. I, I've got it set I'm on my all the day that the over tickets go this. on sale. We're, we're we, have to, we, have to, we have to dine accordingly, too. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, Trader Vic's uh-huh. out in L.A. That would uh-huh. be good. That's, yeah. that's I haven't been to Trader Vic's out there. Uh, so anyway, what was it? Oh, so Paula finds out that the agave is in the Lily family. And at Easter, if you put lilies on the altar, I'm just a mess by the end of the service. I'm, I'm, oh, my sinuses are swollen shut. Wow. I'm gagging. I mean, it's just awful. So does Mondo grass bother you? Because Mondo grass is all lily, too. I don't even know what Mondo grass it's is. It's all over your condo area. Probably does. You know, all those little spiky little green tufted thing. Not tufted, but those little moundy I, ch- I chunks of grass. Or... if it blooms and puts off a Mondo, pollen, uh, it that, has a flower, that, but it's That'll negligible. probably get me. So I'm afraid to even try agave nectar because I'm afraid that it might just, uh, you know, my throat swells shut, and then I stop. It would. Living. I mean, the tequilas. I mean, that, at least that's distilled. So if you're going into anaphylactic shock, you're at least happy about it. Yeah, you know. But oh, well, yeah. You still will... have gin, vodka, and rum at your disposal. And I'm a rummy, so that's okay. Oh, I, I've just I've just gotten into rum lately. I've just added it to the arsenal. Uh, got a Cuban, and 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 I think it's Puerto Rican. Suspicious name, but well-regarded. Mount Gay. Oh, yeah, Mount Gay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Which is both a command in San Francisco and a rum. (laughs) See, I knew it was going there. But I've been making mojitos because I've had a run on on our our mint crop has taken off. Do you have a lime tree? Uh, no. Uh, you have sugar cane? Cause then you can just grow your own. No, sugar no, we don't. We don't do sugar cane. We do simple syrup. We do, we do the, uh, the, the Northern version. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the, the mojito you know, is a good, ultimately good. though, cane sugar is where it's at with yeah. your mojito. Yeah, that's, that's right. In the but end. boy, is it messy. It's just, you know, the more ingredients you have, the messier it gets in the it's kitchen. Not that what you need is a muddler. Yeah. I, I've just gotten into muddling. Yeah. And we muddle everything. I've we, been muddling for years. I, Even <laughs> before I had a muddler, I was muddling. That's how you got in the Missouri Synod. <laughs> it's all muddled. We do our theology with a muddler. We used to use a blender. We used to actually use a legitimate cook's knife. Now we're using muddlers. We there just kind go. of just, just throw everything into a, a glass and muddle it. Mash it up. Mash it up. I, I, I did a drink with cucumber, mint, and basil and rum. 
That sounds interesting. It's, uh, it's quite good. Quite good. Sounds influenced by our favorite fish place, the water that they have there. Yeah, yeah the cucumber in the water. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Well, and my wife does. My stuff. wife does a soda with with uh, it, you make a, She makes a simple syrup out of basil, cucumber, and mint, and hmm. it's the most refreshing summer soda there is. Sounds so delightful. throw a couple of shots of something uh, inspiring in there, and you are good to go. Let's go to. We should go. What is our email address, by the way? Uh, Godwhispers at gmail dot com. Godwhispers dot com. Godwhispers dot org. Godwhispers on Twitter. Godwhispers on Facebook. God whispers on acid. We have, a, we have a page. We have a lounge, which we still haven't closed up because we just haven't gotten around to it. And we don't care. Yeah. Just, sometimes you care a lot. Sometimes you care a little. Sometimes you care not at all. Just as long as nobody's ruining our lives, we don't care. Oh. <laughs> there, fail. <laughs> Soundboard goes right over if you click it. Uh-huh. Ah, we're going to the mailbag. Let's see. What do we got? David. David's our, our musicologist on board here. Uh, his ears perked up to the comment about List being the first rock star. Ah. Uh, he writes, many years ago when I was studying such things, I learned that List was indeed the first rock star. So it stands confirmed. Reportedly, women swooned or shrieked at his concerts. Really? This happens at some of your sermons, I understand. It does. Yeah. Usually the swooning. Well, I don't know. Shrieking? Either, There's a lot of shrieking. Either swooning or napping. I'm not sure yeah, which well, is. <laughs> That's snoring. That's <laughs> Snatching bits of clothing or other personal items was also common. Wow. Okay. One anecdote told how a young lady spotted him leaving a lounge and quickly grabbed the cigar butt that he left in the ashtray. Tray. Let's preface that with cigar what? instead of just grabbing no butt. cigar butt. Yeah, okay. The remnants of a cigar. How yes. how far do you smoke down your cigars? Depends on the cigar. Is it? De- depends on how much tar buildup and I how tend, bitter. I it tend turns. to take them down to where it's beginning to blister my fingers. I I, I I I go. If it's a good cigar, yeah, that's that's where that's that's where it's at. But if it's a not so good, you know, well, then you, you get the concentrated cancer there, yeah. and that, that, you know, that's going to shorten your life. Anyway, ashtray left a cigar. Young woman spotted 40, 50, 40 to fifty years later when she passed on, which is a euphemism for drop dead, croaking, croaking, pushing up daisies, biting the dust, buying the farm when she passed on, or in the south simply passed. Her family discovered that cigar. Wait for it now. Still ensconced in her bosom. Inquire no more, you feral beast. (laughs) (laughs) My finger happened to be hovering over the feral beast, and it seemed to work. Hans Feeney would approve. Inquire no more, you feral beast. I love that. (laughs) I think of all the things that Hans Feeney has ever done, that line right there is 24 karat gold. He hasn't he hasn't been putting out much lately, has he? Apparently not. I, you know, that can run dry. Yeah. Look at us. Listen to, listen to stuff. some of the listen to some of our early episodes and then listen to us now. <laughs> okay. That was kind of shrill. He was once a little green slab, slab of, of clay. clay. Remember Mr. Bill on, on Oh, yes. Uh, yes. No. 
It's kind of all right. Let's so, see. Uh, oh, Bono Buz- bosom cigar in her bosom. Oh, 40 there's to 50 more to years. this. No, that, that was it. That was it. Bono. She had lists cigar butt. Bono in her of, bosom of you two and Facebook fans. Bono, Bono, Bono. Yeah. Uh, I I once knew his real name. I can't think of it. Uh, Bono. He actually wrote a preface for a commentary on Psalms. Oh. And in that, he refers to David as the original rock star, King David. <laughs> so could be. I'm thinking, you know, we need to sort this out. Was it King David or? I mean, he, he certainly predates List. I always thought it was that Tubal Cain guy. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Trollolo guy? What? No. He's in, he's in Genesis. Uh, he's, he, the fa- he's the father of all who play on the flute or something like that. Where is that? I don't know. No, it's Genesis. I... um. What are you looking up? Oh, you're looking it up. I am. I'm trying to find something interesting. All right, all right. To... Let's see. There we go. <laughs> Cover music. It came in late. Yeah, well, I was looking for something. I was right. It was Tubal Cain, the son of Zilla, who was the forger of all instruments. No, 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 no. That He was the forger of instruments of bronze and iron. That's weaponry. Yes. But, but, but. Let's see, somewhere in there. There it is. Um, his brother's name was Jubal. Uh, Jubal, Tubal. Okay, I can be excused for that. Uh, the father of all who played the lyre and the pipe. So he was the first rock star. It could be. Jubal. 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 <laughs> did, did he invent the lyre and the pipe? Uh, he's or the father of all who play the lyre and the pipe. Maybe he was the first virtuoso. Or was he? I don't know. And was, how did they... How do they have the lyre in the pipe? Because he's only about uh, half dozen generations from Adam here, so they were right. They were they were right on that lyre and pipe. Somebody early on discovered that if you stretch a string, it makes funny sounds. Yeah, or blow into certain things, they make funny sounds. All right, that's all hmm. that I can figure there. Let's see. Any more email? Yeah, we do. I have a long one here from uh, Marlene. Not my sister. My sister's name is Marlene, too. Really? I do. I have a sister named My Marlene. sister's name is Vincent. <laughs> well, this is the closest <sighs> thing I got to a sister. It's my brother. Nice. Yes. Okay. Anyway, dear pastors, I never really thought I'd be contacting the Manly Doctors 13, but on the weekend of May 25th, my husband and I headed out from our home in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, north on the Queen Mary 2 Highway to Edmonton. I have driven on this highway. It's a very fine highway. Our destination was the seminary graduates' luncheon being held at the German-Canadian Club. Why does it always go German? I I don't know as as I understand the whole... Please rise. I don't understand the whole Canadian and German thing. Failing to take over France, they took over Canada. All right, go ahead and continue. To pass the time on the three-hour journey, we download the God Whispers, and oh my, people on the three-hour journey, and plug in the MP3 player when we lose our Calgary radio station. There's not much between Calgary and Edmonton. In fact, there are only twelve curves in the entire stretch of highway. Wow, I counted them once. 
How many kilometers an hour do you go there? Uh, they go about a hundred, and uh, so we like and watch your speed there. They have. Oh, I got, I got. You know, mounties are not not pleasant. I was in Kansas this uh, this past week. Kansas, Canada. It's 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 a, it's a reach, but we can get there. <laughs> and I'm driving through downtown Newton, Kansas. And and I encounter what I describe as the Barney Fife effect. Ah. Do, do you know what the speed limit is in downtown Newton, Kansas? 12. 20. <laughs> My car will not idle at 20. I mean, you, you don't even have to have it's your... It's not actually a race car that you got there. Well, you didn't drive, did you? I did. You drove all the way to Kansas? No, 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 no. It was a rental car. It was a Dodge. Yeah. So Dodge Intrepid or something like that. Decent car. But anyway, but I, you know, I, I'm not paying attention. I'm looking for directions. I'm trying Are to Are you wearing your collar? Trying, no, I, I'm wearing uh, actually a Hawaiian shirt. Actually, in the Bible Belt, collar is not going to get you out of a whole lot. I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Well, that's so Barney Fife pulls up I'm instantly. Boom, lights. <sighs> and I, you know, I have one of those moments, you know, so, so Barney Fife pulls up and, and I said, what did I do? And he says, he says, speed limit downtown is 20. And I, and I said, seriously? And, and he says, I was going 30 and you passed me up. Because I asked, well, I said, how fast was I going? Because I want to know if he's got data. Right, right. And he goes, well, I was going 30, and you passed me up, which automatically rules this out because he has no clue as to how fast I was right. going. He just knows I was going faster than he was. And if he was looking at a speedometer, how does he know it was me? Uh, I see you building your case here. Well, so I'm sitting Early there. On. I, I'm sitting, I Did showed, you ask him that? I said, if look. If you were looking at your I said, look, I'm from out of town. Clearly, I got a Hawaiian shirt on, right? Yeah, right. I'm from out of town. I said, and I got directions. You're not wearing flannel, and you have all your teeth. I got my, <laughs> I got my directions. You know, and see, I said, I'm, I don't know my way around. I'm following directions. I missed the speed sign. And I said, how about letting me off? And I'm just, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cool it. You I'll know? be a good boy. He takes my license. He goes back, does the run, does the whole check, comes back. And I'm optimistic because he didn't come back with his ticket thing. You know, he just came back with my license. So I was, okay, it's looking good. And so he goes, 20 miles an hour means the same in California, doesn't it? And I said, yeah, but nobody goes it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, have a nice visit here. Said, he let you go? Let me go. Oh, well, that's nice. He was a civilized guy. Anyway, we that get back nice. to Marlene, who is riding, driving on the Queen Elizabeth II Highway. Uh, she says, we like your program because you two are lively and animated oh. in your discussions. Wait, here. The others. The butt. No, 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 oh, no. no. You'll like this one. Okay. The others put us to sleep. Ah. You know who the others are, don't you? Well, I'm not going to say uh, the, one of them might be from Colorado. The others put us to sleep. Okay. So we arrived at the luncheon early, but went into the lobby and found others milling around and waiting. Yeah, this is a whole narrative here. Wow. I looked around and noticed that each reception room was named and the luncheon was being held in the Heidelberg room. What? The luncheon was being held in the Heidelberg room. I, 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 I remarked to my husband how appropriate that was as we were just listening to the God Whispers discussing the Heidelberg. And from another guest came the word disputation. I listened to the God Whispers too. Yes, said another. I find that they are spot on when they are on topic. <laughs> and yet another guest agreed. 
One, Inquire no more, you feral beast. Our guest shared that she listens to the manly doctors on her commute into the city, which is 45 minutes. And sometimes the topic hasn't even been touched, but then she looks forward to the commute home to find out what is said. <laughs> By this time, other guests had arrived, and we all moved into the reception room for lunch. After lunch... <laughs> We returned to our son's apartment and asked if, if I would like, and he asked if I would like to read his thesis. I said, yes. The title of his thesis, Everyone a Minister, an Evaluation of Oscar Foyk's Guide to Churchmanship. As I was reading, I looked up and I said, son, you cited Swirla? He said, yes, I did. I continued reading, and you cited Norman Nagel. He's the best. I continued reading. And Will Whedon. Yes, mother. I read the next sentence and asked, am I going to find Todd Wilkin in here? No, I did not use him. (laughs) (laughs) Our son's thesis was chosen to be published and is available for reading in the library at Concordia Lutheran Seminary, Edmonton, Alberta. Who knew? Ah. And the reason I think it was chosen to be published was he did not use Todd Wilkin. That's right. At the call service that evening, <laughs> she writes good narrative. I, th- I think I think there's a novel in here somewhere. Well, we only have three minutes and thirty seconds left in this segment. Our son was that. placed at the Lutheran Church Canada congregation in Golden, British Columbia. That ah, sounds golden. very nice. Yeah, Golden. Well, he's Golden. So that's good. as he received his colors. I remembered a conversation I had with him when he was five and had just started school. This this woman has a novel in her. I, I I feel it. I mean, get a publisher, Marlene. Get a publisher. Get an advance on this. Um, son, now that you've started school, have you given any thought to what you might want to do? I asked him. Some, he replied. Have you Inquire thought? Of- <laughs> no more, you feral beast. <laughs> have you thought about being a pastor like Uncle Phil or Uncle Ron? I ventured. No. Uh-oh, two uncles in the pastorate? Yeah. No, I can't be a pastor, he said, with great seriousness. Well, why not, I asked. At this point, he put down his crayon, an instrument not unfamiliar to many pastors I know. No, I love coloring. He put down his crayon and looked straight at me and said with a hint of exasperation in his voice, Mom, you know I can't read. Nice. Thanks be to God. Not only does my son wow. read English, he reads Hebrew and Greek too. The Lord bless and keep both of you for he has called you by name and you are his Marlene. What a great letter from Marlene. Yeah, that's nice. How many colors of whiteboard markers do you have? I generally work with three. I got I got like a whole You got the rainbow the pack. rainbow collection. I got the rainbow pack at <laughs> Costco not too long ago, so I I've got them all. I think Mitchell writes, manly doctors, some pastels. Absolutely great show. You guys are the best pod show bar none. Wow. Hey, I'm a Lutheran around much. I'm a Lutheran convert from Southern Baptist and have you guys along with the white horse in crowd, especially Dr. Rosenblatt to thank for it. Good old Rod. We have finally found a great small confessional Lutheran LCMS congregation in Texas and have been actually looking forward in attending church again. To attending church again. Although I will say my teenagers are having fundagelical withdrawals. Any advice uh, Any advice for teenagers having fundagelical withdrawals? Well, how old are these teenagers? Because I figure a little beer right about now might get them started down the right road. <laughs> Jesus is a friend of mine is wearing on me. 
As well it should. Well, it's wearing on us. Hey, speaking of Rosenblatt, are you going on to a new one there? Is that what you're doing there? I'm still finishing this one, though I'm not sure if it is wearing me down or not. Though I hate it, I'm not sure the show would be the same without it. Yeah, we feel the same way. Maybe you should offset its effects with some vintage classic rock from the 70s, which we We just did. did. We did. Keep up the tremendous show. It's worth all the lack of preparation you put into it. LOL. Yeah. Cheers. There you have it. Nice. Hey, uh, we're almost out of time, but in the spring... <laughs> and have gotten to nothing. In the spring of 2013... No, we did emails. In the spring of 2013, we are going to try to uh, videotape a series with Rosenblatt <laughs> oh. on uh, fatherhood in the scriptures and good fathers in the modern day. And we're going to hopefully shoot it at the tobacco barn down in... Uh, in the tobacco yeah. barn. So, so lots of smoke and stuff going on at the same time. It sounds so, manly. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. And, I, and are you going to do a, a, a then a series on power dating? And, Turn me and... off, No. Oh, so what is the secondhand pants? Yeah, we thought we'd go out with a little secondhand pants. A little robot spiritual? Exactly. This will help the kids with the fun angelical withdrawal. He's going to keep singing until you turn him off. To sing is my objective and my only desire. He's going to keep singing till you turn him off. I try to be good, yes, I've always tried. He's going to keep singing till you turn him off. But I ain't waterproof, so I ain't baptized. He's going to keep singing till you turn him off. Turn me off, Lord. Charming good, we wear them gaily And the spiders from Mars, they played it left hand We've heard your pleas for more music from the 70s (laughs) And it just so happened that I had some old David Bowie lined up for the... The, the session here can't, can't, can't go wrong there a little bit of uh, ground control to major Bowie. tom yeah <laughs> is that was that david Bowie? Yeah. yeah yeah this is uh, ziggy stardust spiders from mars nice kind of stuff here sci-fi rock and roll i don't know why i picked two guys who wore a lot of makeup i'm not sure what that's all about well modern mission they they were a glam they were a glam group in their own right not not, not so much although what, you guys had the big hair what some of those other guys did in private was none of it, my business. Yeah, that's well, that's, that's the thing is you, you you develop a real sense of privacy in the industry. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, it, it was it was big doings trying to get a picture of Kiss without their makeup on. Oh you know? yeah, if you no. could have gotten a, if you could have figured out who Gene Simmons was and got a picture of him without his makeup, boy, that, you wouldn't recognize him. Well, yeah, but you could have made millions of dollars. In fact, on that I, I know a lot of women you can't recognize without their makeup. Ain't that the truth? So. Yeah. Well, not my wife though. My, my 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 wife tends to she's 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 light on the makeup. Yeah, she doesn't. She operates she doesn't with a she has a natural beauty there, yeah. all her own. Yeah, my my wife looks like Larry Norman without makeup on. It's kind of disconcerting. 
you have a very attractive I wife. I love my wife, and I think she's pretty cute for a girl. See, she's a, she's a wonderful person. <laughs> she has a lot of energy and spunk. She does. She does. I just went to her, her concert with her kids yesterday. And actually, if you go to Facebook and look on my Facebook page, you can see a little bit of it. Shot some video on my phone, so it's real shaky. But you see her flailing. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, I want to. I just want to grab one more email real quick because it comes from a very notable person in our lives, and that is one of our Old Testament Hebrew professors. Yes, a oh. man who tested on the footnotes. <laughs> oh, he did. He, I, I probably, I probably took um, more. I, I'd have to really think about. It, but I, I took more courses with him. I took Old Testament isagogics, yeah, cram over OTI. the summer, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Genesis one to eleven, uh, Hosea, and at least one other course with him. But but uh, and that's Paul Schrieber. Um, uh, unlike you, I was one of his least noteworthy uh, students. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Well, it's it's good we're together then. I don't know uh, if he'd remember that I existed since I. Uh, well, maybe well, maybe he did get some chuckles out of my out of my poor scholarship. Here, here's sure. the here's the thing is is that in, in, in apparently he listens to this show occasionally reluctantly, but but he would be very disappointed with me and not at all surprised by you. So you know it's kind of. It, <laughs> Actually, it was the Hebrew quizzes that that were by saving grace. In oh, there did that, you? You could parse with the yeah, best of them. Well, not with the best of them, but I could parse, and it was those those quizzes that kind of kept me afloat because he, um, his his tests were. First of all, he channeled Hummel. Yes, but but not in a repristination sort of way. You know, in other words, he was his own man. Yeah, you know, it's like you get the Nagalites that that talk like Nagal, walk right. like Nagal, but yeah, don't like quite Misaki get it. They and, don't quite yeah. get it. No, don't name names now. That's not nice. But but no, but, I'm not. I'm not saying Masaki doesn't but, get it. I'm just saying he well, he, he yeah. he's one of Nagal's guys. Yeah, and but 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 Schreiber Schreiber kind of takes Nagal and then and then he goes somewhere or takes Hummel and goes somewhere with that stuff. And and I mean, he was just amazing to listen to. I, I learned so much no, Old he, Testament. He I, really I loved he, that I had. It's because of him that I love the Old Testament. But he writes us, Dear Craig and Bill, I hate to respond to you dissolute, degenerate theologians. Thank you, sir. There you go. See, high honors fo- foisted upon us by our former professors because it will reveal that I actually listen to such trite dribble. And I am appalled that you presumed that I would know about pissing against a wall. But I do know that it is difficult for an old man to piss against a wall, and it is anatomically impossible for a lady to do so, although a true lady would not even think of it. So that leaves male warriors, i.e. army guys, hence the, the phrase that you were so proud of that you remembered, the, 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 the uh, one, one who pisseth against a wall. These are the virile young men. Wait a minute. The ones... I was a little late. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. I, I need to get one that says the segment contained a home schooler. Yeah, this is kind of yeah, not very effective. Should have contained a But it covers our bases. Yeah. And, and so, so apparently that phrase is referring to the virile young men with a stream. Ah. You know, because there comes that age when you may be standing in front of the wall, but you are no longer pissing against the so wall. So what you're saying... You're kind of dribbling at the base of the wall. Is that it isn't necessarily the processed foods, nor the smog, or or mecha- oh, no. mechanized travel, or anything like that that has caused prostate issues. No, or, it's, or, it's just a, or a excessive result of, riding of bicycles. 
well, horses Cans, or donkeys, you know, that oh, could yeah. have pounded the heck oh, out of sure. you there. Uh, so then it is a result of the fall. Oh, definitely. Not a result of not breastfeeding or uh, processed flour <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm assuming. You're <laughs> so stop your dribbling around, he says. <laughs> Now, you know, I mean, in context, you know, you got to wonder and get to, well, as he describes it, ure things. <laughs> as in ure humano and ure divino. Or just urating against the wall, there you as go. you were. So, well, thank you, Paul. It's good to hear from you, yes. even though even though listening to us, when you listen to us, you put a paper bag over your head. I feel uh, blessed that you are listening to us, and I'm also very sorry, and I apologize from the bottom of my heart. He, he also uh, follows up an email that I wrote him with, I enjoy your show in spite of the fifth grade locker room antics. I mean, I, I, think, we, I think that's shooting a little high. No, I, I I thought seventh grade was really where yeah, we're going I, for. We, we are really are shooting high. for that junior high. Audience. Junior high with a show produced in a dorm. Yeah, pretty that's, much. That's you know that's that's hey, that's what the sheet said when we outlined this show, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> what does Pirate Christian Radio need? It needs a Christian a Christian based show, talk show, that's basically aimed at about junior high. And sounds like it's been recorded in somebody's college dorm. Or as they said on Wayne's, Wayne's World, two monkeys sitting on a Davenport in their mom's basement. Party on. <laughs> hey, let's go to Heidelberg. Please rise. You will be listening to the Heidelberg Disputation. You will not ignore things. You will listen attentively. Obey. You will have joy of the gospel. What else? How you like that? You will have joy of the gospel, or, or else. else. I, I think that that's very German. I Let's think pick that, it up at works. twenty-three. Just by way of review, it's been a long time. Luther writes: "The law brings the wrath of God, kills, reviles, accuses, judges, and condemns everything that is not in Christ." See, I love that. No matter what, no matter how you use the law, no matter what, you, what, no matter what you're saying about the law, no matter how nice you you make it sound, like words like mercy and love, these are these are all when we do them. This is law, and the law always brings the wrath of God, kills, reviles, mm. accuses, judges, and condemns everything that is not in Christ. You know, so the the only way. The only way not to be under that killing, condemnation, reviling, accusing, judging law is to be in Christ. This reminds me of, I, I think maybe Luther was channeling Capon at this point. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> in advance. <laughs> well, you know, Capon certainly gets it. Yeah. I mean, he, he goes in somewhat, Capon is like a, a he's like a, a cheap firework. Yeah. You know, where like most of it, it makes a really nice show, but there's that stray rocket that just kind of goes <laughs> off and ends up in some, in the trunk of somebody's car, you know? Now I, I just ticked off someone out there. There's a, I had probably a few someone's pastors. I don't know. But Th- even, that's easy to do. By acknowledging that Capon even exists. <laughs> Robert Farrar. What Capon. are you, a liberal? 24, yet that wisdom is not of itself evil, nor is the law to be evaded. But without the theology of the cross, man misuses the best in the worst manner. Hmm. 
Without the theology of the cross, man misuses the best in the worst manner. Yes. Luther goes on, indeed, the law is holy, Romans 7, every gift of, every gift of God good, 1 Timothy 4, and everything that is created exceedingly good, as in Genesis 1. But as stated above, he who does not, has not been brought low, reduced to nothing through the cross and suffering, takes credit for works and wisdom and does not give credit to God. He thus misuses and defiles the gifts of God. Ah, there's the point. There's the point. The necessity of the law. Yes. And the cross. And that is to bring low so that we do not take credit for our wisdom and works. I also get the sense in this that uh, turning the gospel into something we do. Always. Is, uh, yeah. Always. I mean, it, what, what uh, Nagel said that. Nagel said the history of the gospel, or, or in, when you follow the gospel in church history, it's the history of turning gospel back into law. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, you watch the verbs. The verbs go from God's doing to our doing. Yep. Uh, the action, God's action to our action. Our, re, you know, our receiving becomes our taking. You know, look at how that word lombano is translated in, in John 1, to all who received him, you know, to all who accept him. Right. You know, right. And, and all of that, that, that's that subtle move that moves from gift and grace to obligation and duty and something, something we earn. I'm, I'm always pointing out to people that if we have any part of the equation, then Jesus is not alone your Savior. If it, then you enter into the equation, you diminish his saving work. He alone is not your Savior if you have any part in it. Yeah, that, Any decisions, any merits, any, any you know, uh, sinner's prayers or anything, the moment that you... Even if you're saying, no, I'm only bringing 2%, then Jesus is only 98% your Savior, and he alone isn't your Savior. So you could then rise up and perhaps somehow achieve that 51%, and you are the Savior now. See, that's, that's the thing, and, and this is a little bit metaphorical, but the cross is vertical. The cross lifts man up before God. Mm. And unless you are lifted up dead before God, you cannot be justified. Right. See, and, and so before God, vertically, we must become nothing and Christ must become everything. I like that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Who'd you steal that from? I just thought of that while wow, I was sitting here. You're good. <laughs> he, however, who has emptied himself in the way of Philippians 2 7, the, through suffering, no longer does works, but knows that God works and does all things in him. That's exactly the same thing. We're nothing, God is everything. Mm -hmm. For this reason, whether God does works or not, it is all the same to him. He neither boasts if he does good works, nor is he disturbed if God does not do good works through him. Wow. Wow. Boy, that just empties out most Christian books, the shelves of most Christian bookstores right there. <laughs> well, most of them are now about dating and marriages and finances anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, we, we just left God entirely out of the picture whatsoever. It's just no, about no, it's doing good stuff. No, it's biblical principles on these things. We, we just throw in God a technology, verses, as our buddy Pat calls it. Yeah, a, little, a few Bible verses into our Dr. Phil for the week. That's he knows that it is sufficient if he suffers and is brought low by the cross in order to be annihilated all the more. The deader, the better, baby. It is this that Christ says in John 3, you must be born anew. To be born anew, one must consequently first die and then be raised up with the Son of Man. To die, I say, means to feel death at hand. Hmm. You know, what, what amazes me is, is that Luther is going to spend an entire career unpacking this. This is 1518, the yeah. year after the 95 Theses. This has not been put through, through the crucible yet of the Diet of Worms. He's, the, he's obviously put a little thought into this. 
Well, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine these things where they're just kind of sitting around? What is this new teaching? <laughs> Got a bunch of Augustinians with the funny haircuts going, whoa. <laughs> you know, if this were a college dorm, they'd all be like smoking, smoking joints. Oh, dude, man, that's profound. <laughs> You wonder how much protest there was amongst the group, though. You know, I mean, I'd love to you, be you a know, fly a lot on of that. These guys are screaming heresy. Yeah, no kidding. I'd love to be a fly on that Augustinian wall. Yeah. When 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 Luther says stuff like he is not disturbed if God does not do good works through him. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got to sit and say what? Because what's the big thing? You know, are you fruitful? Is God, you know, are are you doing good works or is God doing good works through you? Right. If not, there's something wrong. You got to fix it. And and Luther says uh, he's not disturbed by that because the debtor the better. Well, yeah, and the whole system is screaming you're saved synergistically by by your cooperation with God. You know, at this point, the whole of the Roman Catholic Church is teaching these sorts of things. Well, or it's this formula, and it sounds so nice, is, is it's faith and love working together in cooperation. So the faith part, you know, that, that's God's part. He does that. The love part, that's our part. But we don't do our part. God won't do his part. Was that kind of talk really going on back then? Sure. Faith fashioned through love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Luther debated on uh, faith and love as to which precedes which. And mm-hmm. the Catholic thought was, well, if you have love, then then truth. It was truth and love. If you have love, then the truth will be known. And Luther pretty much said, no, you got that backwards, guys. Uh, <laughs> if you proclaim the truth and Christ is the truth, then love will be. Yeah, our, our apology to the Augsburg Confession in, in, in Article 4, there's a whole section on love as the fruit of faith. Right. Love is that which flows from faith. But see, love is the horizontal component. That's that's. What what, that's what serves the neighbor. That's where the Christian is completely bound, a servant of all. But vertically, before God, uh, he is dead and alive in Christ. So, so there's nothing. Faith is the nothing. Faith is the thing you don't do. 25, he's not righteous who does much, but who, without work, believes much in Christ. Mm. See, again, but that's vertical. He is righteous before God. For the righteousness of God is not acquired by means of acts frequently repeated as Aristotle taught. See, this is going back to the scholastic theology again. This is really, the the Heidelberg Disputation is a a full-bore attack on scholasticism. Hmm. Because scholasticism basically says, you know, you do good, whether whether God initiates it or you initiate it, doesn't really matter. You do good. God rewards that good with grace. You do more good. God rewards that with, with more grace. And you, you ascend this ladder of holiness. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's the heavenly stairmaster. You're, 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 you're just going one step at a time up from being a sinner to a saint. And, and, uh, and Luther just demolishes all of that. I just demolished where I was on the page. <laughs> uh, uh, for he through faith is righteous. I'm sorry. For he through faith is righteous shall live, Romans 1, and man believes with his heart and so is justified, Romans 10. So the only thing that counts before God is faith. You know, you, I wonder if you could argue that faith is precisely what the image of God is. See, it's not Adam who was obedient. Adam had faith. He trusted God. Mm. Right, right. You, you find this time and time again, the, the men who are men after God's own heart, 
very flawed, very sinful. Very messed up. Very messed up. But also, they had a very good savior, and they knew it. <laughs> they, they, and that's all that they, they knew. They cashed their chips on the promises of God. Yep. They had nothing. They knew they had nothing. Yeah. And they just, they basically, it's all God. David. Or I'm hosed. Yeah. David has an adulterous relationship, kills the woman's husband, and his firstborn is dead. And he ends up washing his face after the prophet reproaches him and says, well, I'm going to see that kid in heaven. So I guess that's all good. (laughs) So he says, not that the righteous person does nothing, but that his works do not make him righteous. Rather, that his righteousness creates works. For grace and faith are infused without our works. After they have been imparted, the works follow. Thus Romans 3.20 states, No human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law. And for we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. In other words, works contribute nothing to justification. And that's why I like, I like the, the, the vertical, the horizontal. Vertically before God, no works. Right. Faith alone. Christ alone. I mean, literally, God does everything. We do nothing. We are in that vertical dimension. That's why I like theology of the cross. We're nailed to a cross. We're dead. Right. And, right. and being dead, we're justified. Isn't that crazy? Horizontally, before men, quite alive, active in love, doing all that stuff. Well, this goes along with the thought that we are both sanctified and being sanctified at the same time. Uh, you know, I mean, before God, we are completely sanctified. We are completely holy because he's declared it to be so. That's right. And so it is. Uh, yet in this life, we grow in righteousness and faith and knowledge, all this other stuff. That's all horizontal. That's all yeah. before men. That's right. coram hominibus, which I still maintain is what James is talking about when he talks about you're being justified by your works. That's before the way I read it. men. I think because we were taught by the same kind of people. Could be. Therefore, man <laughs> knows that works which he does by such faith are not his but God's. For this reason, he does not seek to become justified or glorified through them, but seeks God but seeks God. His justification by faith in Christ is sufficient to him. Christ is his wisdom, righteousness, etc. As 1 Corinthians one thirty has it, that he himself may be Christ's vessel and instrument. Don't you think that this is a big part of why as Lutherans we're okay with paradox? We're, We're content to live in the tension of paradox? Because it seems that According to our natural reason, it needs to go one way or the other. It can't be a both and of imputed righteousness and regular. <laughs> never mind. Here, let me do this for you. Inquire no more, you feral beast. I, I haven't. Oh, I have it here. I have it here. Inquire no more. Oh, uh, see, so yours is weak. Uh, wow. Once again, the old man has a hard time against the wall there. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Inquire no more, you feral that's beast. Still not, that's still, still weak. Still not up to yours. Yes. Inquire no oh, more, you feral yeah. beast. Yeah. See, you pisseth against the wall right I, there. I remastered it. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. 26, the law says do this and it is never done. And ain't that the truth? Yes. Do this, and it is never... The, the law, it, it's like a naggy, bitchy... <gasps> is that the P word? Yeah. 
But that's the truth. It is. It is never done. Grace says, believe in this and everything is already done. That's the faith alone, the sola fide. The first part is clear from what has been stated by the apostle and his interpreter, St. Augustine, in many places. And it has been stated often enough above that the law works wrath and keeps all men under the curse. The second part is clear from the same sources, for faith justifies. And the law, says Augustine, commands what faith obtains. That's a great that's a great sentence. The law commands what the faith what faith obtains. For through faith Christ is in us, indeed one with us, Christ is just and has fulfilled all the commands of God. Wherefore we also fulfill everything through him, since he has made everything ours. He was made ours through faith. Uh, Alison Armstrong, not a theologian in the least, but a genius with relationships. She talks about women having this voice of the inner mother that most women feel this voice of their mother saying it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Oh, that's, a, that's a it's ger- not good the enough. German mother. Well, yes, I think yeah. it's mothers in general. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think most women, if they're honest with themselves, will say, yeah, I recognize that voice. But that's, that's the voice of the law. It is. That the, no matter how good you do... It's not good enough. You bring it's home the A minus, it's not an A. Yeah. You bring home the A, it's not an A plus. You bring home an A plus, well, you're not on the you're not the valedictorian. What's wrong with you, well, you loser? Okay, look at it this way. When we grew up, a 4.0 was the best you could do. Now you can do better than a 4.0. You do a 4.5 because of extra credit and yeah. AP courses and all, you know. And, and so the 4.0 isn't good enough anymore. But, you know, it is, it is by <laughs> definition – that there, there, a, a sinner that is one who is working through the sin corrupted flesh cannot do what the law requires no. fully. No, so it's never good enough. No, no matter how try uh, how try you hard, no matter how hard you try, <laughs> even in constructing a sentence. <laughs> Me go now home. Not <laughs> there you go. Speak good. <laughs> no more. We got border English going here. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. You know, I, I think our quest for perfectionism illustrates that is that you can never you can never get things perfect. You know, they, they, they're only approximations to perfect. So yes. you, you try to do the thing with no fingerprints. You try to do do the uh, play the piece with no mistakes. Try to try to craft something that has no discernible mistake or, or flaw in it. Can't be done. Yeah. Can't be done. Yeah. And, and I, that, I think that's a reminder that, that you know, the, the law that demands this, this full and complete holiness cannot be done by sinful men. No. No, you can try, but you're not going to get too far. So law and grace are contrasted. The law says do it, and it's never done. Grace says believe it, and it's already done. That is a really, really, I mean, that's one of those crystalline sentences. Yes. 27, actually, one should call the work of Christ an acting work, an operans, and our work an accomplished work, operatum, and thus an accomplished work pleasing to God by the grace of the acting work. Odd, strange way of saying it. It's confusing me. <laughs> well let's see what luther says since christ lives in us through faith so he arouses us mm, to do good works through that living faith in his work for the works which he does are the fulfillment of the commands of god given us through faith if we look at them we are moved to imitate them for this reason the apostle says therefore be imitators of god as beloved children thus deeds of mercy are aroused by the works through which he has saved us oh this is good this is good. See, our deeds of mercy 
are the result of our having received mercy. Yes. His mercy toward us. As Gregory says, every act of Christ is instruction for us, indeed a stimulant. Gregory said, a stimulant. Hmm. If his action is in us, it lives through faith, for it is exceedingly attractive, according to the verse, draw me after you, lest let us make haste from the Song of Solomon toward the fragrance of your anointing oils. Song of Solomon. That is your works. little allegory going on there just to kind of... Hey, Gregory reminds me a little bit of the coffee that Donovan keeps marketing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> little inside joke. Go to the Facebook page oh. if you want to know more. Aye, aye, aye. Christ's work is an acting work and our work an accomplished work. Yes. We can only give that which we have received. So what, what makes it an accomplished work pleasing to God is the action of Christ in that work. Christ alone. Yes. Christ alone. So drink deeply of the cup of salvation, and you have salvation to give. 28, the love of God does not find but creates that which is pleasing to it. I love that. The mm. love of God does not find but creates that which is pleasing to it. The love of man comes into being through that which is pleasing to it. Hmm. Odd. <laughs> Why odd? Just an odd way of saying it. I wasn't expecting that at the end. The love of man comes into being through that which is pleasing to it. The second part is clear and is accepted by all philosophers and theologians. For the object of love is its cause, assuming, according to Aristotle, that all power of the soul is passive and material and active only in receiving something. Thus, it is also demonstrated that Aristotle's philosophy is contrary to theology, since in all things it seeks those things which are its own and receives rather than gives something good hmm. so the love of god is creative the love of man is not it's receptive receptive or reflective the love of man comes into being through that which yeah, is receptive. pleasing to yeah. it so so but the whole idea is that when god loves he creates the object of his love again hmm. it's it, this is the solas the, it, corby used to say this the gospel demands faith and the gospel creates the faith it demands the love of god creates the object of god's love and that is you in christ this is the love of the cross born of the cross which turns in the direction where it does not find good which it may enjoy but where it may confer good upon the bad and needy person what a great, what a great, that's, a, that's it. I'm done. Said you were done. We're over time anyway. That concludes the Heidelberg Disputation, kid. We'll catch you next friend. time. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. 